BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Well, hello there. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. And I am that host of yours. She whose voice is slowly returning to normal. I honestly can't tell anymore. Um, But thank all the gods, it's getting slightly better. I am Liv. Hi. Well, 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 well. Uh, This is my first script or the first script that I'm writing since catching COVID for the first time. And uh, that means a few things. Firstly, 
Thank you all for listening to that little Halloween episode that I had to throw together. I featured some of my favorite spooky stories, ones that I hadn't already re-aired with those bonuses. That was not planned. Like I mentioned in that episode, I had this whole plan to do a deep dive into the underworld and all of its variations, like kind of a, a tour of sorts. I was so excited. Uh, but of course, COVID caught up to me during my favorite time of the year. Just the worst time. Fortunately, um, though, I did have a pretty mild case, which is why I'm able to be back with you all today. Um, but I am, I am, I am noticing it just, and I literally haven't even read the first paragraph of this script. So I'm not 100%. Um, bear with me on this episode, please. Uh, we're going to do things in a very specific way to help my poor COVID brain, because also, like, <laughs> those with ADHD will will know that. In addition to COVID like, and brain fog, getting back into work mode um, after weeks without work when you have ADHD is like a fucking mess. So pairing that with my COVID brain fog um, and like just a lasting feeling of ick and I'm, I'm having a fun time, but I am here and enough of my complaints. Here is where we're at with that underworld. So I had originally intended to just like extend spooky season for myself because I I really wanted to write that episode, but I decided not to do that in the end because well it's it's already tough enough um to find spooky stories that I haven't covered on the show already so we're gonna leave that tour of the underworld for next year, give future live something to be excited about um here's a great example of my brain fog I misspelled my own name in that script um we're doing we're doing great i also honestly want to do a great job of that underworld episode and i'm not in that space right now so let's make life for future live just a little bit easier instead for today's episode i went looking for something with a really detailed source for me to not only work off of but read from um just make it a little easier on my covid and adhd brain and i found something that ended up like oddly appropriate so after i i picked this story because it's i i truly picked it because it just it's featured in two of ovid's heroides you remember the Heroides, those are the works presumably by Ovid, but that's often up for debate, um, that are written as letters between mythological characters that have been kind of left behind. So I've got, you know, these nice, long, detailed sources to work from and read from. So I was ready. You know, it's characters I'd never even heard of. I thought, fun. I pulled out all the sources, the sites, you know, the whole like two sources. And then I read what the story is actually about. And well, like, let's just say it's sufficiently fucked up and also truly bizarrely appropriate for my first post-COVID, I don't even want to say post, just still COVID episode. Is that vague enough for you? Great. We're doing awesome today, guys. This is episode 236, giving lovesick a whole new meaning, Acontius and Cudipe. Acontius was a man from Chios, modern Kea or Tsia, an island just south of the Attic mainland. It's beautiful. It's the first Greek island I ever really visited. But that is not the point. Acontius is the point. And Acontius fell in love with a, a woman named Chiripe. Some say she was Athenian. Others that she was from the island of Naxos. Their love was unconventional. 
though I suppose not not quite so unconventional for Greek myth. And because of how the sourcing on this story works, we have very little detail about the earliest days of their romance, if that's what we're going to call it, beyond its basics. This is a really odd story to retell because it appears in only two main sources. Ovid's Heroides, though again, it makes up two of the double Heroides, um, which are often like hotly debated in terms of whether or not Ovid actually wrote them. Regardless, these are the sources. And, and a very, very fragmented poem by Callimachus. Callimachus's poem contains some details that Ovid's Heroides does not, but it's also ridiculously fragmentary and missing like the plot. <laughs> so I'm just going to try to use that to our advantage, along with readings from Ovid's Heroides to add more detail. And frankly, we're going to hope for the best. Honestly, a huge part of this is is readings alongside me narrating it. Kind of something new. But if I'm honest with you all, I'm really struggling to function. So this is what is working for us <laughs> in order to make this episode exist. See, Acontius and Cudipe, they, they may have been from different islands, but they met on the island of Delos. There, Cudipe was worshipping Artemis. And that is where Acontius fell in love with her. <laughs> that is, you know, he spotted her from afar. He found her attractive. He decided he was in love. This is, after all, a Greek myth. Acontius, though, didn't determine to to woo Kidipe traditionally. Instead, it seems he just, um, so he found an apple and on it he inscribed an oath. It said something like, I swear to marry Acontius. He was a clever man, if not particularly romantic. See, he took this inscribed apple, which we know is always a big old red flag, and he just like tossed it at Kiripe's feet, I guess, where she was presumably kneeling before an altar to Artemis. Kiripe saw the apple, but she thought nothing of it, or at least she didn't take the oath seriously. She went on with her life. Time passed, and Kiripe was eventually set to marry another man. But before she could go through with this wedding, she became sick <laughs> with a horrible fever, and the wedding was never able to take place. Now, according to Callimachus, this happened three times. Three times Cudipe was set to marry a man. We assume she wants to. She wants to marry this man. But then she becomes sick with a fever, and it never is able to happen. And this is when we can hear from Acontius in Ovid's Heroides. Now, of course, in these letters, Artemis is going to be called Diana by her Roman name. And without any source that suggests otherwise, I think we can safely understand that Acontius hasn't really ever actually spoken to Cudipe before. You know, he just decided he loves her. He threw an apple at her. And that was enough in his mind to ensure that they are almost certainly engaged, whether she believes it or not. So in his letter to Kidipe, this letter of Ovid, he writes, quote, Why do your blushes rise before you read? For I suspect, just as in the temple of Diana, your modest cheeks have reddened. It is wedlock with you that I ask, and the faith you pledged me not a crime. As your destined husband, not as a deceiver, do I love. You may recall the words which the fruit... I plucked from the tree and threw to you, brought to your chaste hands. 
You will find that in them you promised me what I pray that you, maiden, rather than the goddess, will remember. I am still as fearful as ever, but my fear has grown keener than it was, for the flame of my love has waxed without being delayed and taken on strength, and the passion that was never slight has now grown great, fed by long time and the hope that you had given. Hope you had given, my ardent heart put trust in you. You cannot deny that this was so. The goddess is my witness. She was there, and present as she was, marked your words and seemed, by the shaking of her locks, to have accepted them. Acontius loves Kiripe desperately. Can't she tell? Surely, she recalls reading some words on an apple, maybe blushing a little because it's truly a bizarre thing to come upon, but that's love, obviously. What's that? Kiripe feels a little deceived by this apple as engagement promise. Acontius addresses that, too. Quote, I will give you leave to say you were deceived, and by wiles of mine, if only those wiles my love be counted cause. What was the object of my wiles but the one thing, to be united with you? The thing you complain of has power to join you to me. Neither by nature nor by practice am I so cunning, believe me, maid, it is you who make me skillful. It was ingenious love who bound you to me with words, if I indeed have gained aught that I myself drew up. In words dictated by him, I made our betrothal bond. Love was the lawyer that taught me knavery. Let wiles be the name you give my deed, and let me be called crafty, if only the wish to possess what one loves be craft. <laughs> Acontius wants to convince Cudipe of his love, even if she feels a bit, you know, taken advantage of. No, no, that's not what he did. He loves her. He merely tricked her into somehow agreeing to marry him, except she didn't know she was agreeing to marry him. But it's still binding. And it's love. It's not his fault either. How, how could it be the man's fault for such a thing? No, no. It was just the way things have to be. She's too beautiful. He's too in love. There's no getting out of it now. His letter goes on, quote, If art will not serve, I shall resort to arms, and you will be seized and borne away in the embrace that longs for you. I am not the one to chide Paris for what he did, nor any one who, to become a husband, has been a man. I too, but I say nothing. Allow that death is fit punishment for this theft of you. It will be less than not to have possessed you, or you should have been less beauty. Would you be wooed by modest means? Tis by your charms I am driven to be bold. This is your work, your work, and that of your eyes, brighter than the fiery stars and the cause of my burning love. This is the work of your golden tresses, and that ivory throat and the hands which I pray to have clasp my neck, and your comely features, modest yet not rustic, and feet which Thetis's own, I think, could scarcely equal. If I could praise the rest of your charms, I should be happier. Yet I doubt not what the work is like in all its parts. Compelled by beauty such as this, it is no cause for marvel if I wished to pledge of your word. That's right. Acontius is saying in this oh-so-dramatic and not-at-all horrifying letter, I'm willing to die for you. I'm just like Paris, falling for Helen. Nothing I do to get you to fall in love with me is my fault, and death is worth it all. Oh, and obviously it's your fault, Cudipe, that I'm so in love with you. It's your beauty, your charms, it's your pretty hair, and your 
pretty got everything. This man is not at all horrifying, not at all toxic masculinity incarnate. No, no, he's in love, damn it. Acontius goes on to plead further with Kidipe, you know, in this letter that may be the first and only time he's actually ever spoken to her. And it's still only in the form of a letter. He goes on to ask why she's allowed to complain about being caught ensnared by him in such a way. He compares her to Tahisiani, the Trojan woman who was taken as a spoil of war when Heracles and Telamon first sacked Troy. And he compares her to Perseus the far more famous spoil of war taken by Achilles. Great examples of romance, Macantius. You are a stand-up fellow. He goes on to tell Kidipe that she's allowed to be angry with him. Like, that's fine. He'll wear her down. <laughs> Quote, But bind me not with shackles nor with chains. I shall be kept in bonds by unyielding love for you. When your anger shall have had full course and is sated well, you will say to yourself, how enduring is his love? You will say to yourself, when you have seen me bearing all, he who is a slave so well, let him be a slave to me. Now, unhappy, I am arraigned in my absence, and by cause, though excellent, is lost, because no one appears for me. Then, of course, Acontius goes on to explain how none of this is entirely his fault. No, no, it is not his fault that Kudipe is now beholden to marry him. I mean, sure, he's the one who wrote on an apple and tossed it at her. But it's Artemis who she was worshipping at the time. And therefore, it is Artemis who, when Kudipe read the words on the apple aloud, took them as a sworn oath. Quote, This further, however much that writing of mine was a wrong to you, it is not I alone, you must know, of whom you have cause to complain. She of Delos was not deserving of betrayal with me. If faith with me you cannot keep, keep faith with the goddess. She was present and saw when you blushed at being ensnared and stored away your word in a remembering ear. May your omens be groundless. Nothing is more violent than she when she sees what I hope will not be her godhead wronged. Do you want to make Artemis angry? is what Acontius is basically saying here. And he goes on. I mean, not to be the bearer of bad news, but you've already made Artemis angry. Yeah, Acontius goes on to explain to Kidipe that she's she's already broken her oath to Artemis by trying to marry other men. One or three, it, it doesn't matter. Just the attempt to get out of her clear and obvious agreement to marry Acontius is enough to curse her. That's why you've been so sick. Literally on death's door. Yeah, he tells her in this romantic and lovely letter. It's your fault. You're sick. You've cursed yourself. It is not my fault. (laughs) Nope. Quote, Cudipe, I fear to tell you the truth. Lest I seem to warn you falsely for the sake of my plea, yet tell it I must. This is the reason, believe me, why you were often lying ill on the eve of your marriage. It is the goddess herself looking to your good and striving to keep you from a false oath 
She wishes you kept whole by the keeping of your faith. This is the reason why, as often as you attempt to break your oath, she corrects your sin. Cease to invite forth the cruel bow of the spirited virgin. She still may be appeased, if only you allow. Cease, I, I entreat, to waste with fevers your tender limbs. Preserve those charms of yours for me to enjoy. Preserve those features that were born to kindle my love, and the gentle blush that rises to grace your snowy cheek. May my enemies and any who would keep you from my arms, so fair as I when you are ill. I am alike in torment, whether you wed or whether you are ill, nor can I say which I should wish the less. At times I waste with grief at thought that I may be the cause of pain to you, and my wiles the cause of your wounds. May the false swearing of my lady come upon my head, I pray. Mine be the penalty, and she be thus safe. That's right, he doesn't know which is harder for him to watch. Cudipe almost marry other men, or her sick with such horrible fever that she may not survive. Which is worse? Oh, no. They're equal. For sure. Oh, he feels so bad. She should really pity him. Definitely. He is hurting. He's so concerned, so worried about Kudipe that really he's just trying to help her. The, the only solution is to finally marry me, he tells her. That, that's all there is. You'll be sick forever if you don't. I'm doing you a favor, he's saying. It's for the best. And no, no, I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about you. <laughs> He goes on, quote, "'Tis not a matter of myself. The care I labor with is greater. It is concern for your life that fills my heart. Why, but now, when your life was in doubt, did your frightened parents weep with fear, whom you keep ignorant of your crime? And why should they be ignorant? You could tell your mother all. What you have done, Cudipe, needs no blush.' See, you relate in order how you first became known to me, while she was herself making sacrifice to the goddess of the quiver, how at sight of you, if perchance you noticed, I straight stood still with eyes fixed on your charms, and how, while I gazed on you too eagerly, sure mark of love's madness, my cloak slipped from my shoulder and fell, how after then, in some way, came the rolling apple with its treacherous words and clever character, and how, because they were read in holy Diana's presence, you were bound by a pledge with a deity to witness. For fear that after all she may not know the import of the writing, repeat now again to her the words once read by you. Wed, I pray, she will say, him to whom the good gods join you the one you swore should be. Let be my son-in-law, whoever he is. Let him be your choice, since he was Diana's choice before. Such will be your mother's word, if only she is a mother. That's right, Cudipe. Go tell your mother about what happened between us. Tell her, and she'll tell you the right thing to do. Marry me, Acontius, she'll say. It's obvious. She'll love the match. You should be aspiring to marry a man like me. Even if you hadn't already sworn to do it, I am aspirational. That's how great I am. I mean, how perfect I am for you. It's obvious. Can't you see it? 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Okay, I know this story is utterly absurd, but I am having a ball. The man is a horror show. He is screaming incel at the top of his lungs. And do you want to take a guess how it's going to go? Do you think Kudipe is going to stand up and continue to say no? Do you think she's going to be able to just live happily without this toxic man in her life forever? <laughs> this is a Greek myth. That was a Contius's letter, but what about Kudipe's? She doesn't want to marry him. He tricked her and it was weird and nefarious and his letter was manipulative and gross and toxic as hell. So what does she have to say in reply? Well, let's see. Quote, 
All fearful, I read what you wrote without so much as a murmur, lest my tongue unwittingly might swear some divinity. And I believe you would have tried to snare me a second time, did you not know, as you yourself confess, that one pledge from me was enough. I should not have read it at all, but had I been hard with you, the anger of the cruel goddess might have grown. Though I do everything, though I offer duteous incense to Diana, she nonetheless favors you more than your due, and as you are eager for me to believe, avenges you with unforgetting anger. Scarce was she toward her own Hippolytus. Yet the maiden goddess had done better to favor the years of a maiden like me, years which I fear she wishes few for me. Yeah, Kitape is not happy about this. It's kind of fucked up, she's basically telling him. But she goes on. She she talks about how sick she has been, how the doctors haven't been able to figure out what's wrong with her, how she can barely move. She's pale and sickly, and it's just been utterly horrific for so long. She is horrified that someone will find out that he has written to her, let alone that she is replying to him. She's worried about everything now, now that she's been tricked in such a way. How else might he trick her? Will he have her read something else that will tie her to something she doesn't even know about for eternity? She's just living in fear of this man and his deception. Quote, Is this the reward that falls to my beauty, proud in your praise? Must I suffer for having pleased? If I had seemed misshapen to you, and would I had... You would have thought ill of my body, and now it would need no help. But I met with praise, and now I groan. Now you two, with your strife, are my despair. And my own beauty itself wounds me. Whew. She goes on, questioning Acontius and what he is capable of. Quote, Tell me now, and deceive me not in your wanted way. What will you do from hatred? when you harm me so from love. If you injure one you love, it will be the reason to love your foe. To save me, I pray you will to wish my doom. Either you care no longer for the hoped-for maid, whom with hard heart you are letting waste away to an unworthy death, or if in vain you beseech for me the cruel goddess, why boast yourself to me? You have no favor with her." Choose which case you will. You do not wish to placate Diana. You have forgotten me. You have no power with her. It's she who has forgotten you. She goes on to talk about the fateful day, how she had traveled to Delos for the first time, how she was so moved by the sacred island, taken by its beauty and its divinity, that she was swept up by it all. She talks about how it happened, how he tied her fate to his. Quote, Straightway setting forth, we greet the deities to whom the isle is consecrate, and offer up the golden incense and the wine. And while my mother stains the altars with votive blood and piles the solemn entrails on the smoking altar flames, my busy nurse conducts me to other temples also, and we stray with wandering step about the holy precincts. And now I walk in the porticos, now I look with wonder on the gifts of kings and the statues everywhere. I look with wonder, too, on the altar built of countless horns, 
and the tree that stayed the goddess in her throes, all things else that Delos holds, for memory would not serve nor mood allow to tell of all I looked on there. Perhaps thus gazing I was gazed upon by you, Acontius, and my simple nature seemed an easy prey. I returned to Diana's temple, with its lofty approach of steps, ought any place to be safer than this? When there is thrown before my feet an apple, with this verse that follows. Ah, me, now again I almost made oath to you. <laughs> Nurse took it up, looked in amaze, and read it through, she said. I read your treacherous verse, O oh, mighty poet. At mention of the name of wedlock, I was confused and shamed and felt the blushes cover all my face, and my eyes I kept upon my bosom as if fastened there, those eyes that were made ministers to your intent. <laughs> Cudipi is angry. She recalls how horrified she was having read it, how embarrassed to have read such a thing out loud. Why, if you were so in love with me, so interested in marrying me, would you choose to force me rather than court me? Why compulsion over romance? I didn't swear any oath, she writes to Acontius. I may have read some words that sounded like an oath, but I did not swear one. But oh, she continues, how sick I am. She speaks of her fever, how ill she is and how she has been for so long, how she watches her parents cry over her, how they wanted to light her wedding torch, but instead have to prepare for her death. She talks about the man that she was meant to marry, how he sits with her, but now he seems to suspect her, how his kindness has changed, he's not the same, and how she has caused it. Because now that she knows what Acontius did, she can't even look at him the same. And so she has to feel guilty, too. Kidipe's letter continues. You, Acontius, said you want to come and see me in my illness, but do you really? Quote, you write for leave to come and see me in my illness. You are far from me, and yet you wrong me even from there. I marveled why your name was Acontius. It is because you have the keen point that deals a wound from afar. At any rate, I am not yet well of just such a wound, for I was pierced by your letter, a far-thrown dart. Yet why should you come to me? Surely uh, but a wretched body you would see, the mighty trophy of your skill. I have wasted and fallen away. My color is bloodless. Such as I recall to mind was the hue of that apple of yours. And my face is white with no rising gleam of mingled red. Such is wont to be the fairness of fresh marble. Such is the color of silver at the banquet table, pale with the chill touch of icy water. Should you see me now, you will declare you have never seen me before, and say, no arts of mine ever sought to win a maid like that. <sighs> you will remit me the keeping of my promise, in fear lest I become yours, and will long for a goddess to forget it all. She's basically convinced that he's not even going to like her when he sees her, because of how sick he's made her. But fine, she continues, fine. 
We've heard from Apollo's Oracle. He's made it clear that the only solution to my long illness, the only way for me to survive, quote, this is what the God says, this his prophet, and this the verses I read. Surely the wish of your heart lacks no support in prophetic verse, whence this favor to you, unless perhaps you have found some new writing, the reading whereof ensnares even the mighty gods, and since you hold bound the gods, I myself follow their will and gladly yield my vanquished hands in fulfillment of your prayers. With eyes full of shame held fast on the ground, I have confessed to my mother the pledge my tongue was trapped to give. Qtipi finishes her letter by asking how much it even matters that she's even written this letter if she has to finish it by saying that she hopes to be united with him soon. There's nothing left to say. And that, listeners, is considered a love story. Women have it so good with men like that just charming the pants off of them. Phew. Uh, nerds, nerds, nerds. Um, thank you so much for listening, as always. Now, you know, I don't normally rely on quotes like that so much to tell the story. I mean, unless it's, um, you know, I guess Seneca. But <laughs> these were extenuating circumstances, uh, COVID circumstances, that meant that I really, I, I honestly really struggled to write anything coherent. So thankfully, I had Ovid to rely on. Plus, this story was fucking bananas. So I'm kind of glad I got to read so much of those letters. They sure do tell the story well. You really get to experience the wonder, the romance, the healthy relationship that is Acontius and Cudipe. It might also have resulted in my most sarcastic episode ever, because surely that was unavoidable. Uh, but for real, I also picked this story before reading any of the details, like I said, and then I read that the whole thing was like about her being sick, and I thought, you know, clearly this is the right call. Add the bonus silly detail that I spent about a week of my COVID symptoms wearing a Naxos hoodie where she's from and I just think that's truly perfect and frankly I've now talked way too long and my um, head hurts way too much to, to continue so I will leave you with the credits and the hope that I am back to 100% next week but I don't know at this point having read this oh my god fortunately on Friday I have an episode with fan favorite and all around lovely human Elodie Harper to talk about the final book in her Wolf Den series recorded uh, long before I caught the plague Let's Talk About Myths Baby is written and produced by me, Liv Albert. Michaela Smith is the Hermes to my Olympians, perhaps more colloquially known as my assistant producer. The podcast is hosted and monetized by iHeartMedia. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Help me continue bringing you the world of Greek mythology and the ancient Mediterranean by becoming a patron, where you'll get bonus episodes and more. Visit patreon.com slash mythsbaby or click the link in this episode's description. Thank you all. You are the best. I am Liv and I love this shit. Uh, I will love it more when my brain functions again. I kind of rely on it. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.